You know, as I was watching that, those of us who've been there, we just feel like, isn't that jumping on the train, uh, plane and go? Do you know that some of them we just saw um, got saved through those meetings and services? And so God was uh, instrumental in those, uh, those times to use us, to minister, to, you know, lives get changed. And I was speaking to Pastor Olive and Levi, and they say some of them have gone on to be pastors. Some of them have gone on to, you know, to the, uh, they, so they're from Papua, come on to Jakarta to study. And they've gone on to be teachers, but then born again teachers, Im- impacting, you know, the areas that they've gone to. It's just amazing when you hear. And so we, a small church, we're not a very big church, but we are able to impact the nations through our missions program. How good is that? So good. And just want to encourage you. So today's mission Sunday, I'm just going to read. One verse, Matthew 9, 35 to 38, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Verse 36 says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That's what we're doing. In our mission, that's what we're doing, local and overseas. And another one we're going to hear, um, Gay is going to come and share with us. Another local mission that we do is special religious education, SRE. Some of you here sitting here are a part of that, a teacher. So I'm going to just invite Gay, if she could come up and just share a little bit on SRE. Thank you. Why do I get so nervous? <laughs> but I do get so nervous speaking to you all. So, so much easier to talk to kids. <coughs> uh, one of the, the song that we sang at the end was uh, one of the ver- uh, words were, lead me in your love to those around me. And it, it really hit me. Who is the Lord leading you to? Is it to your next-door neighbour? Is it to those people in your street? Is it further afield? Uh, Doing community work? Is it children in schools? Is it overseas mission? Who is the Lord leading you to in his love? Because we all should be doing something. Each one of those mission opportunities isn't for everybody. But there's something for there is one thing for each person. So when you have uh, determined for yourself what you want to be doing for the Lord as He leads you to the people around Him, then do it with all your heart. Do it with all your heart. Um, on Thursday, I went back into Widermere School at Greystains because the the regular SRE teacher was overseas on a holiday. So. I cover the class. And I had these kids in year five and six and I haven't had them for a couple of years because I had them in three, four and that was before COVID, well before then. And oh, what a delight it was to see them again and re- renew the relationship with those, those students. They've all got, oh, I can hardly recognise some of them, but, but we just bonded, you know. So it's just such, such a pleasure 
to do that. And then at Darcy Road on Friday, um, that was the first lesson the children had had, and I was on the three, the three to six class. Um, uh, that was the first lesson they'd had, and this year, and going um, into the room and seeing their excited faces when they haven't seen me this year and I haven't seen them this year. Uh, what a blessing. What a blessing it is. Uh, I would um, Special Religious Education, SRE. I'd just like to give you a quick bit of background. And, Paul, I'm trying for five minutes, mate, and it's going to be really hard. <laughs> so um, if you people get sick of me, put your hand up and I'll stop. But, but I'll take no notice of him, all right? Um, so, so that you can see the bigger picture, today there are 2,220 public schools in New South Wales. 78% of them are primary and 22%, sorry, 72% are primary and 28% are high schools. Back in the 1800s when the colony was first settled, the, penal, the, the government didn't have an opportunity, didn't have it on their heart to start schools. So it was the churches that took on schools, school, took on the role of educating kids. It was the churches and each different denomination that was in Australia, Anglican, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic, whatever, they developed their own schools. So schooling, education was all Christian-based education. But by the 1840s, the churches were struggling to keep up with that. They were finding it hard to run their own schools, each one of them on their own, and, and, and teach the students. In 1880, the Education Act, the New South Wales Education Act, the government took over the role of educating kids in a secular way, but in return for doing that, they gave the churches one day per week to have access to the, the, the students and so they could teach whatever they wanted regarding their faith. It was all up to them. Um, so that was one hour a day. Well, now we, we've got a half an hour a week. But that's a long, there's a lot that has happened in, bet in between those times. And in that time... we. Uh, they would have an opportunity to, to pray with the students, worship with the students, teach the students about God and about how much Jesus loves them. But staffing difficulties, um, uh, in, in, even for in that situation, um, meant that it lost its priority within the, with the churches. It was really hard to find volunteers to do this, especially when um, you've been um, just relying on the clergy to do it. Uh, we needed, they needed volunteers. And since World War II, um, the growth in our, in our secular society has caused um, there to be a real lapse in the emphasis given to teaching and sharing Jesus with children in schools because it's, it's got to be done by volunteers. And after an extensive inquiry into education and um, uh, special religious education in schools, um, in the 70, 1970s and 80s, there was the, um, the 1990 Education Act, which the New South Wales government passed. SRE, Special Religious Education, is the, uh, allowed in New South Wales for up to 40 hours a year. One hour for every week of schooling. That's up to. General religious education is education about general religions like um, Islam, Hindu, and they do that like in their geography area, um, section of their education. But when it comes to special religious education, we have the opportunity to go in and using an authorised curriculum, 
which is approved by the department and all the churches. They work together in a combined arrangement. We have the opportunity to teach the children about Jesus' love for them, pray with them, sing, worship with them. And it's totally, we can do what we like as long as it covers the curriculum. I see kids that are only in the class because they're nominally there, not because their heart's in it, but you can see them grow in their understanding and their love the more lessons that we have. Um, we, um, uh, we operate in a combined arrangement with all the other denominations because there's not enough from each single denomination to, to look after one particular school. Um, and um, uh, so in reality, we get um, about half an hour a week. In the high schools, it might be in the form of a, a seminar once a term or it might be year seven this term, year eight next term. For their hour, they might have, they probably have about an hour a week. But, some, but so it's, it's dependent upon the school and we have to tread very, very carefully because the, the schools, the public schools generally, aren't on our side. Some are very, very warm, warming and, 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 and welcoming, but others are totally against us being there. And so if we can't cover the classes, then they don't want us there because it's a disruption. They see us as a disruption. And when we go into schools, whether it's a high school or a, or a primary school, we're not only witnessing and sharing Jesus and the sh being Jesus in, in, as we walk in with what we say and what we do. When it's not only to the kids, it's to the um, staff as well. It's amazing. It's amazing the, um, that they watch us. They're looking for us to slip up at every opportunity. Um, COVID has caused... Um, a big interruption, and this year we're looking we're looking forward to getting really getting to know our kids again because we've had a big break um, with the interruption in schooling. Um, Westside is one of thirteen local churches who financially support special religious education in the local public schools, in five high schools, and 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 in, and in the primary schools. And with the finance that Westside gives, there is an appointed person to look after special religious education in five local high schools, one day a week. And I'm the appointed person one day a week to look after or support all the volunteers in the local primary schools. That doesn't mean teaching. That means to support them. Liaise with, this, with the other volunteers. Um, but on their behalf with the schools because in, in most schools there we might have four SRE teachers but we all go to different churches so we don't see each other from week to week so they need, really need something someone to actually bring them together so that they feel like they're a team because we are a team representing Jesus we're all following the same curriculum whether it doesn't matter what denomination we come from we're all Jesus followers we're all um, sharing love with the kids um, now, the people in this church that um, uh, represent you people in, in um, schools, Steph's not here today, Ben's wife, but she's recently gone into Pendle Hill High School and that's an awesome, an awesome opportunity. It's been a struggle to get back in there. The school didn't want us. It hasn't had SRE for two years and it's been a real struggle to get back into that school. But she's back there and teaching Year 7 and it's going well. Right. Um, we also have Maria, who's just, Maria Scondrianis, who's just started. Um, yay! Uh, and, and she was so nervous one Thursday when she did her first class. But um, she said, okay, 
It turned out all right. I said, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. It just turns out that fine. I didn't get all I, I wanted to get done, but, but the kids, they don't know, you know. They don't know. Um, so she's back in gear after about a 20-year break. We used to teach together at Girraween when Ari was a kid. <laughs> and, now, and we also have Stephen. Stephen Clancy is a strong man in the Lord and he looks after. He's a, uh, what, a, what an awesome guy Stephen is. He looks after Mary Lands East and um, Grace Staines in the infants class, but all of Mary Lands East. He's responsible for doing all the three classes, boom, boom, boom. Um, and as well as that, Lumbini. Now, Lumbini's on holiday, so guess who's doing her classes while she's having a holiday overseas? But, um, uh, and that's okay, but she'll be back soon. But it's, it's such a privilege and a delight to share Jesus in schools. Um, what can you do? Number one thing, you can pray. Pray for us volunteers. Pray for the students to receive. Pray for the schools to support us in what we're doing. Pray for the politicians and those people who represent us up in government because they have been working so hard for so many years to keep us there. We are the only state in Australia where SRE, special religious education, is a part of the regular curriculum. Every other state, they're not allowed to have it. So they are reliant on chaplains to go into the school and the chaplains can't say anything unless they're asked a specific question. So we are really um, in a position of, of great opportunity. But unless we, unless we provide the volunteers and we stick to our guns, we'll lose it because the, the, the enemy or the opposition is getting stronger all the time. What else can you do? You can, you can volunteer. If you feel the Lord's leading you that way, you can volunteer. The, um, uh, it's a... a, a quite a, an involved training but it takes about a week of, of Zoom courses and um, getting into the schools, getting your working with children, just bits and pieces but it's, um, it's something that if you, can, if you want to do it, it's not hard to do. Also, you can give financially to support the work of the people who are working in the schools and so that the children aren't missing out on the opportunity to find out about Jesus and to develop relationships with God through us. Not that we're glorified, it's, it's God that's glorified and we need to pray regularly that that's what is happening in the schools. So, we're desperate for more volunteers. Um, I'm covering a, a, a few extra classes um, that I'd love to share with some of you guys. <laughs> but um, that's the way it is. So, if you want, got, want to find out any more or see the resources that we use, the Bible Society gives us these Bibles and it... You should have seen the kids on Friday when they had two new packs of Bibles. The pages were stuck together. They were new that the Bible Society had given us and they had to find Jeremiah 32, 17. <laughs> and, oh, how exciting for them as they look flipping through it. They just love it. They just love it. So thank you for listening to me and sharing with me. And if you've got any questions, please come and see me later. Is that more than five? Thank you, Gay. <clears throat> you know, some of these kids never heard the gospel un until they're here for the first time. So we believe in it, the leadership of this church. We totally believe in it. You know, we may never see, we may never see every one of them get saved, but you know what? Nothing is wasted. Seeds are sown, and one day it's God's job to make it grow. Isn't that right? We're just instruments used by God, and as the seeds are sown, one day God will make it grow. 
and, and we just pray. So continue to pray, continue to give. Uh, we totally believe in SRE. So prayer is important. Let us pray, continue to pray that it keeps going. We're going to quickly get Ben up here to share on his experience of mission trips. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, that was awesome with Gay. Look, one of my best mates, um, still best mates with him now, came to church because of SRE, I remember. He's fallen away from God now, but I know God's got his number. But, like, honestly, like, it's amazing. And I know when I talk to him, I know sometimes it drifts that way. And it all started at SRE, Holroyd High. And then, you know, there it is. It's there. So it's amazing. Honor, Gay, man, this amazing work doing over there. Well, I'm here to talk about missions trips, overseas missions trips. Um, you saw all those pictures. Like, how amazing was that? Like little kids, adults, young adults. Um, it's an amazing experience. I'll quickly just, I'll be quick. Um, sorry. <laughs> Look, the way I got into mission trips was like this. Um, I came to church. Um, I'd kind of been doing my own thing for a while. And then I was like, I'll give church another go. And I started again. And I thought, like, my faith was there. But I thought, I, I can't fix this on my own. Um, I couldn't. I was just struggling a bit, so I thought I'll take a step forward and I'll go on a missions trip. A missions trip is a great way to get your head out of your mess and focus it on who God is, what God's doing, and just how big the world is. Because the world's bigger than just your... As, look, we have our, the people around us, but the world's big. We live in a big world. It may seem small now when you go through Instagram, Facebook, and all these things. You can connect with everyone with globalization and all these things. But the world is actually big. And you realize that when you're on the plane, traveling to another country, thinking, I've now got, I've got something. I need to say something. I don't know if I'm good enough to say something. God, help me, please. God, please. I need to listen to worship music. I need to start reading my Bible again. It's like, it's a good way just to, and it sounds tiring. It sounds tiring. But let me tell you, when you get over there, you get fired up. Like I remember when I was here, I was doing, what, 30 hours a week at Woolies. I was a full-time uni student as well. I was tired. But then I made the decision to sacrifice 10 days of holidays. I didn't do any uni work for 10 days. And I went over there and I got re-energized. The reason I got re-energized is because I saw a need and I felt a purpose for that moment. That is, there was a need, there were people there, they were waiting, they were thirsty. They needed to hear, they wanted to hear. And I didn't, ha on my own strength, I didn't have enough to say if it was just me standing up there. So all I could do was rely on what God had put in my mouth and put in my heart and what to say. It's an amazing time. You meet amazing people. I always think about, look, the reason I love the um, Indonesian mission trip is this. I always think of Paul, like Paul in the Bible. He was a tactical person. He was a, sorry, not Paul, Paul. Um, he was a tactical person. Like in the old, in the old uh, New Testament, he deliberately wanted to get to Rome so he could have the ear of the leaders of Rome so they could spread that message throughout the ancient, ancient Roman Empire. When we go over to Batam, Indonesia, we go to a couple of churches there with Pastor Olive, who has a group of uni students, like Paul was saying, who come from a number of different countries, Papua, uh, Papua New Guinea, Malaysia, all these different places, and they come there and they attend this church. And so you're preaching a word 
And that word is not staying there. That word is tactful, just like, just like Paul in Rome wanted to get to Rome to spread the gospel out there. It's going places, going to Papua New Guinea. It's going to Malaysia. It's going to little islands that, that have small communities that then Jesus is getting there. It's more than what you can do by your own strength. It's only God that can do that. It's an amazing time to also meet, uh, create new relationships with people in your church. You know, you, all of a sudden you're thrown in the deep end. You got to try and worship. I remember we did a worship thing for one of the, um, the camps um, and I, somehow I ended up on vocals and somehow I got a little bit too confident in one of the choruses and I tried to hit a note I didn't hit. It was pretty embarrassing, but... It's okay, you know, sometimes video footage gets lost and I was kind of thankful that it got lost on that. But my point is this, my point is this. If you are feeling overwhelmed right now in your circumstance, in everything you're doing in the world and the news and everything that's going on, take a moment and really think in your heart, does God want me to go on a missions trip? If the answer is yes, now it's on you. You've got to take that step of faith forward. You've got to take that step. When the call goes out, we need you. You've got to take that step forward. If you don't take that step, God finds somebody else. But for the rest of your life, you'll be thinking, what if I took that step forward? Just take it now. If, if, if it's on your heart just to go, take the step, take the step. Be brave. Be brave. It's scary. It's scary thinking I've got to go away. Maybe it's with people you don't really know and you've got to make new friendships. It's scary, but it's worth it. I've never heard someone go to a mission trip and go, oh man, I wish I didn't go. I, I've never heard someone say that. All I've heard them say is, wow, remember when, remember when, remember when, remember when. And we can now remember what God's doing in our world, in our community, and we can reflect back on that. And it's an amazing thing. Like those little kids' faces, those young adults, young fellows, if you want to go over there, let me tell you one thing. Fireworks are legal over in Indonesia. There's plenty of fun. It's plenty of fun. It's plenty. Look, I'm telling you, it's great fun. And it's, we have great leaders. They're very structured. They know what they're doing. They know where they're going. They've got all the contacts. They, it's a great thing. You just got to attend and be there for God. That's what you have to do. And that's our great call to make disciples around the world. So thank you for listening to me. Hope that was under five minutes, but it's amazing time. Thank you, Ben. I remember, you know, Pastor Louis once said, oh, Ben's trying to be my son-in-law by coming with me to the mission trip. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, Jesus went out throughout the areas, teaching, healing, delivering people, bringing the good news. And he looked up and he saw the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send workers. He's still doing the same thing. But you know what? He's doing it through you and I because he lives in our life. He lives in our heart. He's still doing the same thing that he said he was, he was doing back then, but he's doing it through you and I, through our giving, through is what exactly Gay said. It's wherever you go that he wants to reach out and minister to the person standing next to you, to our friends, to our relatives about the gospel that we have. I'm so glad this morning we had foundation. I'm so glad 
that He revealed Jesus to me. I don't know if you are glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. No amount of money on this earth will replace that. Nothing will replace that. Isn't that true? And yet, I've got, I've got relatives who've got so much money and millionaires who can't even see the gospel. Jesus lives in you and I to minister. And missions is something that we really totally believe and we do it. And one way to do is by giving. Whatever that you dedicate towards mission is what we spend for missions. So I encourage you, you know, get a monthly missions, you know, commitment to say this is what I want to give for missions and see God work. And, you know, we have four churches that we have built. Lighthouse Church, Living Hope Church, Jubilee Church is in India. I like, I like that because we've invested. In about three hours, church services will begin. What we have invested back then, people are going to hear the gospel today. It's going to go on. It's going to go on many, many years until the Lord Jesus comes back. In Batham, we have heavily invested in Batham because we believe in it. We, I think we spent in the range close to about fifty to $60,000 building a church. So Batham is, is an island that, um, I don't know if you know about Batham. Um, we've been to Batham like many times, and those of us who've been down there, we, we believe that God's using Pastor Martha and Pastor Bastian who's working down there. We supported Pastor Bastian through Bible College, through our missions work as well. So there we have another first pastor who's ministering down there. Batham is an area where, you know, the population of Indonesia, 273 million population, about 87% Muslims. In the 1040 Joshua Project window, that's the most unreached people group, some of them who've never heard the gospel. But because of your giving and because of we going there, they're hearing the gospel. And Batham is a very interesting place that we've been to. And those of you who've been there, I just want to relate one story. We don't have a lot of time, but I'm just going to relate one story. We, do, we built a church, but not only did we build a church, we also built a preschool there. And uh, the reason we, we, we were into the preschool and things like that, that area is full of prostitution. If you go there, if those of us who've been to Batam will know, every other street is a red light district street. And um, when you go down there, the stories that we hear is just so sad. And, and they need Jesus in that place. Not only Jesus, you know, we believe when we send up here, you know, put that preschool, let them give an education and, you know, let that education set them free from, uh, you know, prostitution and things like that. And um, I remember one particular story, Nick and I were speaking to this girl and this girl, she's where are you from? And she said, she was, um, you know, we, she was working there and we were talking, we said, where are you from? And she said, oh, I'm from this region in, in, in Indonesia and she came down there. And we're talking, she started going on about how kids get sold by parents to become prostitutes for hundreds, hundreds, not even thousands, you know that? And, um, and, I, and we, were talking, we were talking to her, and, and then we said, um, and, the, and the customers who come there, we, we, want, well, younger, we want younger kids, we want younger girls, we want younger girls. The enemy that's out there, and you know the lust and everything that is on that island, and and say what happens after that? And it says um, many of them request for unprotected sex. Some girls end up with AIDS. And I said we ask them. We said what happens after they catch that? And they said no one wants them after that. 
they go back to the, where they came from. There's a stigma that's attached to it. They can never get married again. Medication government doesn't give, like how Australia gives you know, all this antiviral medication. They don't get anything like that. And they say it's an early death for them. It's such a sad thing that goes on. And that was a big motivation. When we went into Batham, we said, no, we want to invest in, the, in those kids that are growing up there. And, and we spent a lot of money investing money into that area. And I think Jesus would have done the same thing in terms of reaching out to those people down there. So not only did we reach out spiritually, they need to hear the gospel. We reach out for those kids, you know. And every time, we want to do more. I tell you what, we want to do more. You know, volunteer, you know, if you got ideas of what we can do there, uh, you know, for those in Batham, for those kids, and, you know, to just to reach out and bring the love of Jesus. Bring the love of Jesus. You know, we, we, we Nick and I were talking, it's just so sad that what goes on there. In church, we can do more. Amen. We can do more. And I believe that we can, you know, through our mission activity, uh, you know, four churches, in a couple of hours, we're going to start services. You know, every time I think about that, there's joy that wells up within me. Four churches who've got pastors where people are going to come and hear the gospel because you gave. It is because you gave. You know, we, so the money that you give, we use that to build those churches, the pastors that we finance, the people, you know, to people who have served. Those of you who went there on mission trips, uh, can I encourage you to keep praying for people that you've reached out, you've touched? In Romans 10, 15, how good are the feet who bring good news. How good are the feet who bring good news? And can I encourage you, go on a mission trip. But we, we're going to bring that back next year. We're going to bring that back next year. And the mission trips again, encourage you to be part of one and go down there as we share the gospel. So as Gay said, I'm just going to finish with this one here. And... and um, Pray about it. Can I say prayer is the most important thing that we need to do? Can, can you take that and the churches that you know, we've built, can we get together and we pray for the churches? We pray for the pastors there. Prayer is powerful. Continue to give into mission, monthly missions, giving. If you want to give, just be part of it. And know that we're putting it to good use. Every dollar goes there. You know, some of the charities, you know, you give a dollar, 50 cents goes there, 30 cents goes there. But every dollar that you give for missions goes straight into mission activities where people get safe. All right, and, and just be part. Be, go on a mission trip. You know, we, we'd like to take every one of you, and every one of you can say, I've been on one and really blessed me. Would you agree, those who have been on a mission trip, would you say that? Truly blessed, yeah. Can I, can I encourage you? And I spoke to Pastor Olive. She said so many of her congregation, just correction, Papua, PNG and Papua, two separate places of one island. Half of it belongs to Indonesia, and the other half is a separate country on its own. So the Indonesian part of Papua is where these guys actually come from, girls and guys, and they come and study in Jakarta. Do you know they get actually, they're from Christian families, but then they get saved down there when we go, because God has made it that way. Do you know what I mean? They get saved when we go there, and I tell you what, and some of them are pastors. Or many, many have, you know, still have Christian, you know, they, they go out there as teachers and bringing gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ into wherever they're going. Keep praying, keep believing, keep investing. Come stand with me this morning. We're just going to sing a song and end this service today.